Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, good morning. What's going on? Welcome into the show. Happy uh, happy Thursday. Friday Junior is what we used to call, but Tom this morning said it was the second cousin of Saturday and, and my head exploded. It's fine. It was a great morning. I, uh, for the second time in three weeks, at about four in the morning, spilled half of a scalding cup of coffee basically on my face, my chest, but it was wonderful. It was great. I'm happy. I'm ready to be here. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, we got, I told you yesterday, I have a story that I want to tell, a father of the year story, a story about my remarkable impact on my children, in this case, my son, but there's a term or a word, I don't want to ruin the surprise, that I had to get permission from the bosses, okay, the Odyssey Brass, the guys that run guys and gals that run the show, in this case, a couple, couple guys, and uh, Green Light Go. Green Light Go. We'll tell that story. It's a short one. It's a short one. Just a little insight into how to be a Father of the Year candidate in 20 minutes. Uh, we've got an interesting thought experiment on college football that Pretty Daddy came up with. Good morning, Pretty Daddy. Good morning, Bill. Happy Friday, Junior, to you. You are hitting on all cylinders. You brought some some magic to the show today. I'm excited uh, we've got a drop. That the Eagles are in a position that I might call a dumpster fire. And um, Nick Sirianni, the head coach, asterisk, let's just revisit this in a year. Uh, the current head coach had a really interesting comment. And Tom, Tom, you came up with a pretty funny retort. You're on fire, bro. Movie guy over here. King Movie. of pop culture over here. Pop culture guy. We got rapid fire buy or sell with pop culture guy in an hour and a half. I'll work hard to make sure it's not all Oscar and Oppenheimer stuff. That won't. None of that will be in there. Uh, our buddy Ross Tucker is going to be on the show. We'll talk a lot of football and NFL over the course of the program, of course, and a list of greatness that points to incompetence uh, at the end of the program. Phone number. Let's get through the mechanics here. Eight five five two one two four. CBS, Twitter, Sports Writer, Sports, R-E-I-T-E-R. Los Angeles Chargers got their man. Jim Harbaugh has been hired. It is a slam dunk home run of a hire. And even though Pete Carroll's out there, even though Bill Belichick's out there, even though there are some coordinators who may eventually get jobs and prove to be pretty remarkable head coaches, this has the potential, and it's only potential. You've got to actually see it through to be the best hire in the National Football League since Andy Reid. This really could be a transformative decision by the Chargers and a difference maker in the National Football League. And I don't say that lightly. The comparison to Andy Reid, I don't, I don't say lightly. Because you remember Andy Reid, in a similar way to, to Jim Harbaugh, 
had a run of greatness in Philadelphia, had made multiple NFC Championship games, had, had come so close in Super Bowls and just couldn't get it done. And there was a feeling and a sense of, of Andy Reid's excellence, but also just it wasn't working in the NFL, and it was kind of a question mark when Reid got hired in Kansas City, and you know the rest, that reset. It's similar for Harbaugh, even if most of you don't remember, because we're all, including the Chargers brass, and I think correctly, still in awe of the afterglow of Harbaugh's national championship with Michigan, and not just the the championship, but the process, multi-year process of Harbaugh going into Michigan when it was a down-and-out program by the standards that Michigan hold themselves at and turn them into national champions. And remember, multiple years where people want to fire Jim Harbaugh. I'm sure you can, I know you can find clips of me saying, doing segments on this radio show when we did it in the evenings here at CBS Sports Radio, saying, should Harbaugh be fired? The phone lines are open. And it was a process just to beat Ohio State. Then he started to do that, got on the brink of it, made the college football playoff, and then this year made it and won it. But if you go back, coming out of the Niners, multiple close calls like Andy Reid at almost winning a Super Bowl there was still a sense Harbaugh's too edgy to succeed in the modern NFL. Remember, Andy Reid was too soft. Harbaugh can't get along with anybody and can't quite get his team over over that line. Remember, Andy Reid was too close to his players. It is easy sometimes to overlook greatness when it doesn't get to the ultimate goal. And, and Harbaugh, unlike Andy Reid, was able to wash away that idea by winning the college level, the collegiate level. Now, there's no guarantee that he's going to get to the level of the guy that I'm comparing him to, but, but he might. Chargers are are over the cap. They're going to have to make some difficult decisions. They're going to have to have a GM who has not been hired yet come in and do those things that we don't know yet. The Harbaugh deal, report out there that it's five years. Nobody knows what the money is. I'm going to guess that it's $18 million a year. It's a pure, straight guess. We don't know what it is. But I would imagine that Jim Harbaugh has operational control of all football operations, that the GM either reports to him or it's a parallel structure but not really. Harbaugh is going to have the opportunity to control the guy who makes those decisions. But the reality is this. The Chargers have a quarterback who is capable of being good enough to win multiple playoff games. And beyond that, the reason you go and you get Harbaugh is because the guy's a stone-cold winner. And we throw this term around about professional athletes. And this guy's a winner. I I, I, I say Mike Vrabel's a winner. And we, I think we meet in a, in a way that says, okay, he's enough of a winner of the things that he's done that he should get the chance to win. No, no. Harbaugh is a stone-cold winner at every team or program he's ever gone to on a way that is almost absurd. And even Vegas, who measures these things based on the numbers, the money, the math, took the Chargers from 30-1 to 1 to 25-1 to 1 yesterday to be Super Bowl champions when the news came down. That is a insane shift when the only thing that has changed is your football coach. Let's just go through some numbers, okay? And look, can Harbaugh burn out or burn the people out around him? Yes. Is there a chance that as the winning mounts, which it will here in L.A., that there's going to be a toxic reality in the offices of the Chargers front office or beyond? Absolutely. Does college football offer a unique place for a talent like Jim Harbaugh to maximize his strengths and minimize his weaknesses because you do operate in these smallish college towns as a king. You are royalty. Those of you that haven't, I mean, I've covered college sports, and if you haven't lived in a college town, it's sometimes hard to remember or get your mind around just how regal 
these present people are. It's part of the reason Nick Saban was so successful in college is is leaving for the egos and the adult reality of the people you have to manage and all the other things that go on. Is it does it risk tapping into Harbaugh's insane intensity that makes him great but also turns people off and also ego, but that's good? Yeah, it, it does. I'll say this, though, as a caveat against that. He's already managed players. The Part of Saban's issue was he had trouble managing grown men because you can't manage them the way that you manage college kids. And one of, I think, Harbaugh's strengths, if you talk to people in and around the Michigan program a little bit, is that most college coaches who go to the NFL try to manage their, their NFL players like their college kids. It sounds like the secret of Harbaugh, in part, was he managed his college kids the way that he managed grown men. You know, he... he and some of that goes to his style of leadership. Listen to some of these stats. It's amazing. And Harbaugh's nine years at Michigan. And right now, you and I think of Michigan as championship, a championship-level football team because they're champions, and we should. That that wasn't the reality before Harbaugh. They were, they were good but not great. They were Iowa with a, with a past, maybe. Not, maybe not even that good. They, they weren't a dominant football team. And under Harbaugh... Uh, they went 89 and 25. Now, here's the key one. They went 40 and 3 in the last 3 seasons. That's utter and total domination. It obviously coincides with three straight Big 10 titles. The guy was the coach of the year and as you know, national champion this season. Now, now listen to this, okay? Let me just go in the wayback machine. Because every time that this guy comes into a job, he almost he instantly dramatically changes how many games a team wins simply by virtue of his presence and his leadership and his vision. And obviously, I'm not taking anything away from his schematic abilities, the people that he hires, how he manages a football team. He is a CEO and a football coach and a football person through and through, and it instantly has an impact. 2006 Stanford, that team won a single game. So they went out and they got this guy named named, named Jim Harbaugh from, from down in San Diego. And uh, they won four games under Harbaugh. They Four times as many wins. Four doesn't sound impressive, but when you go into a, a program that is that bad, I mean, we just threw a million flowers at Deion Sanders for a very, very, very similar turnaround. And Harbaugh did it without the fanfare. You earned it, but without the same fanfare and, and without the transfer portal, without the ability to bring another talent. It's the same, it's the same guys. All right, that's one. So 2010. And I, I didn't cover them day to day, but I covered their playoff runs. I was assigned their playoff runs when I was at a, a lesser uh, three-letter sports place. But also, thank you for hiring me. Uh, in 2010, the Niners won six games. So in 2011, they got this guy named, named Jim Harbaugh out, out of college. And they went from, uh, from six wins to 13 wins, and they reached the NFC Championship game. Lest you think that is a, a fluke, just so you know, he would reach three straight NFC Championship games. He would reach and lose a heartbreaker of a Super Bowl against his brother, and he would win just about 70% of his games at the NFL level. Before that burnout took place and the politics took place, and frankly, egos clashed in San Francisco, and it, it turned out that the egomaniac who was the coach was also the egomaniac who was the genius. All right, so he goes to Michigan. And you know how the story ends, but let me tell you how it begins, because I think it's instructive of what's probably going to happen with the Chargers. The the 2014 Michigan team had a five-win season. Think about that. Michigan, proud Michigan, five wins. In his first year with Michigan, Harbaugh won 10 games and won the Citrus Bowl. And do you know what the Chargers are coming off right now this season? Probably don't. 
because we all want to block out the memory of that team. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to resurrect it. I'm going to bring it back. Five-win season this season. The Chargers only have three playoff wins since 2008. And they have now brought in a guy who is a stone-cold winner. Not in some colloquialism, not in some throwing away words because I don't know what to say. It is a factual reality that Jim Harbaugh, whatever his intensity, whatever view of his uh, advantages he did or did not incur by sending somebody to scout, by the way, everybody scouts, whatever, to scout opposing teams, whatever whatever you, you think of the guy, whatever Michigan fans, whatever your view of the fact that one of his assistants is not going to become the head coach of the most successful program in college football for the moment at a key moment because there's no Nick Saban, Nick Saban either, so this was a chance to solidify power. Whatever you think about, about Harbaugh. The guy is an absolute winner. And he, let me say this too. I think this is really important. Everyone in their career, for the most part, chooses what's best for their career, right? I got to balance certain things. Who do I work for? Is pretty daddy there? What city am I in? What's the money, right? What does my wife or my husband or my kids think? But mostly you're going you're gonna to chase, it's a ladder. And when you're going up a ladder, you're trying to go up the ladder. You're not trying to go down the ladder. The exception here is that Harbaugh went to Michigan because he's a Michigan man. He went to Michigan out of love when it was down and out. And he still won. That was the first job where where clearly Jim Harbaugh took the job that was about more than just what will succeed. There are a lot of job openings in the National Football League. And I know the Patriots and the Raiders and the Titans and now the Chargers fill their jobs. But the Patriots were always going to hire Jared Mayo and it's not a good job. The Raiders are not a good job. And the Titans were not a great job. The Falcons are available. The Seahawks, which I think is an interesting job, are available. The Panthers, it depends how you evaluate Bryce Young, obviously. And I, I wouldn't personally want to work for Tepper Tantrum. But, okay, cool. Uh, are an interesting job. And then there's the Commanders. My, my point is, Jim Harbaugh, for the first time in his NFL career, has the pick of the litter. He gets to choose where he wants to go. Now, it's obvious to you and I, I think, that the Chargers are the best job. But it's worth pointing out, this guy's always won when he's been climbing the ladder and had to take the job that was open. Like, people would hire him, but it's not as if when Jim Harbaugh went to Stanford, Alabama and USC and Ohio State were like, oh my God, we got to get this guy. No, he had to go to Stanford, and he had to prove himself. And he had to go into the, you know, God bless your soul, Pac-12, and he had to show what he was about and what he could do. This is the first time, and credit to him for going to Michigan, place he loved, and turning a five-win program into a national champion. That's amazing. Especially against an Ohio State program in that same conference that was the bully on the block. This is the first time that Harbaugh gets to choose, right? They're not choosing him. It's not, we'll give you an opportunity, Jim. It's Jim saying, let me give you the opportunity of hiring me. Even last year, Harbaugh wanted a job. Couldn't get one. A couple years ago, wanted a job. Couldn't get one. This is a position of power, and that makes it even more likely the guy's going to succeed. So congratulations to the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, the 2000, I don't know, 27, 28 Super Bowl champions. If everything breaks the right way, it is a hell of a hire. It's the right hire. Good job. Way to go. And, Jim, if you want to, like, hang out in L.A., I got you. I'll show you around. We can be best friends. Like me and Tommy. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number if you want to give us a call. Uh, I um, I get up at 4 in the morning. It's okay. I mean, it's not okay when I do it. I hate the universe and everyone in it. And I apologize for that. It's just me. I had a moment yesterday in which I'm not sure if I'm an amazing dad or a really bad dad. But either way, it made me laugh. I'm going to tell you that story, along with an interesting theory of college football. Next year 
on CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Writer Than You. I spent a lot of time in Wisconsin for work and for family. I shouldn't say this because they're all listening. Well, there's like three of them, so they won't know. My favorite cousin's from Wisconsin. Love you, Steph. Sorry, everybody else. I like 81. But all of the other. But if you're listening, you're my second favorite, Ryan. Whoever he listens. Oh, I hope he's not listening today. I feel bad. On CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, I haven't heard from Ryan, but I definitely heard from some other people. I really like the cousins abroad, too. He's cool. <laughs> Want to rank him? <laughs> Should we power rank my 30 cousins? I would enjoy on that. On that side of the family? Yeah, yeah. I don't go to family reunions anyway. I'm too busy, so it's all good. <laughs> all right. Um, just kidding. Love you guys all. Um, this portion of the show, you know what? That's not the one that I'm supposed to be reading. Let's go, let's scroll down. I'm having a day. Poor Tom. <laughs> Tom, it's not sponsored yet, okay? Just back off. Got it. Got it. I'm just kidding. I had it right. This portion of the show is sponsored by the new Hyundai Tucson. Available with complimentary class-leading Blue Link Plus. Now it's easy to use your phone to control your Tucson. All right, I'm going to tell you a story. If you have a kids in the car, you might just like come back in like two minutes, okay? A little kids in the car warning. I've talked a lot about my son, Henry, who I, I dearly, dearly love. He's, he's 11. My daughter, Madeline's 14. Uh, Henry, I think I told the story about how he somehow got a nurse to tell him about her most emotional loss and then turned to me and said he was risen her up after she left, all teary Whatever. He's a, he's a character, okay? He is a, he is a, he is a character. Once told my best friends that when he was older, he was going to come for her romantically. <laughs> and she was like, Henry, honey, I'm your auntie. You can't say that. So he turned to her friend, Makisha, and was like, I come for you, Makisha. I was like, what are you doing, man? It was nine then. All right. There's a lot going on there, okay? Have I told you that story? No. My friend Ebony, no. she's my she's my oldest friend, one of my oldest and dearest friends. And uh, she came to visit, was staying with us. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, there's a, there's a term that I've told him he's not allowed to use. I'm really getting tired of hearing it. And, and so the other day... I, I get up. I get up at look. I'm not complaining. We all we all have our lives. I get up at four in the morning, and I'm angry because I often go to sleep at midnight. I'll do if I do a TV hit, which I do a lot till say eleven. I can't go to. It doesn't matter how tired I am. I cannot go to sleep after I've done live television at night. I'm just sort of jacked up. 
So so I, I don't get a lot of sleep. It's okay. It's fine. It's part of the deal. It's okay. But it's not okay at four in the morning when I wake up. I hate the universe. I hate the world. I'm angry. Sometimes my wife will be like, I love you, and I will say horrible things to her so she doesn't say, I don't want anyone to speak to me. Okay? I want to get up. I want to stumble into the kitchen. I have a little Keurig. The coffee doesn't taste good, but it doesn't matter. It has caffeine in it. I need it immediately. I just want my first cup of coffee, and I literally go into my living room, and I sit in darkness. I sit in the darkness, Tom, and I drink the coffee, and I and I rage. And then I'm like, good, after 20 minutes. <laughs> this is all true. So now I'm going to tell you a story about a, a secret little note. There were like 11 of them everywhere. But I go to the I, – I, I stumble in, and I don't turn – this is the other thing. I don't turn the lights on because I don't want to wake my family up. We have a little place, so like Lori will come in if I'm sleeping – if I get to go to sleep at like 11 at night, she'll like turn all the lights on. I'm, I'm, it's great. She's like, I love you. And again, I'll say terrible things to her. Um, so like a little light in the kitchen. I can kind of see. I stumble around. I get my coffee cup. I fill it up with water. I pour the water into the top of the Keurig. I grab the little cartridge. just like a whole ritual. And I go to put the the coffee under the, you know, on the sort of stand. And there's a note from Henry. And it says, hey, Dad, D's nuts. I'm just, which is, he's like, I've told him to be grounded. He says, if he's, later he explained to me he didn't say it, he wrote it, so he can't be grounded. Oh, that's a great point. They were everywhere. I went to get the cream. There was one in the fridge. I went to sit down. There's a ch- this is the chair I sit in. I know how he figured it out. <clears throat> There's a note on the chair. I mean, there were, I think I found one that night when I went to make dinner. That's so good. And Henry, Henry's 11, right? 11? Yeah, he's 11. Yeah. <laughs> So did he end up getting punished for it? No, good. I just I'm that's a, good. I I was just like I think he beat me. Like I'm pretty I'm pretty like intense and I'm pretty feel like I have some fortitude. I just surrendered. I did. And the thing is, he did. I was so shocked and tired, and then he made me laugh. I actually laughed, which I don't. I hate the universe at four in the morning. Oh, that was good. That yeah. was good. I'm not allowed to say that word more though. Apparently, I can only say it once. Yeah, green light go. It. Yeah, one time. Green light go. Red light stop. Yeah, yeah. We're not. We're not. I really want to say it again. <laughs> I understand where he's coming from now. Now that I've said it, I kind of want to say. By the way, he'll just. It used to be like he would just. He would just say like he would walk up to me and say it five times in a row. I'd be like, bro. Like we had to bring some like you know hefty parent. Really, obviously, I'm good at it. Parent of the year. And he went. Okay? He went Z on the end, right? Yes. <laughs> so yes. There's good. a z. That's so good. E E Z on the end. <laughs> I got. I got. I got nothing. I don't know. I don't know. Even the boss, uh, Spike, asking our boss. I had to. All right. Can you want to make sure? I think even he was amused. Guys, in the email, I, I didn't even walk. Yeah. I have. I have an idea. I have Talk a me. proposal, if you will. Hit me. We need to have Henry Ryder on this show. For a segment, wow. for a few okay. minutes, whatever. Yeah, for an interview, I think an interview would be great. Would I interview him or would you interview him? Um, we, we, I, I think it would be better if you did. He'd be more comfortable with you. That's true. But we need we need his personality. Like, the dude's got a strong personality, a lot of confidence. Like, we, we need some Henry Ryder. This dude is – so now his new thing, his new thing is like and, – and, again, father of the year alert – his new he did we went to parent teacher conferences yesterday. He told his teacher, he told a random parent in the street in the you know out in the in the entryway. He we went and found um another teacher of his and told her because we were really late on the Christmas gifts. We just we just gave so my joke was here's your Christmas gift from 2022. We'll have next year's in a year and a half. Lori loved that. 
So here's his new thing. He he says it. To, he's like, we'll just be anywhere. He'll be like, hey, I'll be standing. There. My dad's really intense. He's like the most. He'll be like, hey man, I love you, Henry. You're a great son. And people look at me like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, oh. So that's the story he'll tell if it comes on the radio. Yeah. Hey, so, Henry, any question? And he'll just be like, my dad's really intense. <laughs> hey, Tom, how's your morning? That's his new thing. So is there some sort of, like, trade-off we have to do here for, like, like a, like a reward? Like, is there anything, like, yeah. grade-wise in school or, like, behavior-wise? Like, we need, we need to get yeah, Henry yeah. on the show. So we limit his television. He loves The Simpsons. Where do you think he's getting these terms from? <laughs> and so we'll like basically meet out Simpsons episodes. His goal is to watch everyone in order in exchange for like have a good day at school like, or whatever. We we don't let him watch every day. So what I've learned is when I didn't watch, let him watch any TV, he didn't really care. But now that it's like occasional TV, he's just like, where? how do I ruin the television? He would paint my house to watch two Simpsons episodes. <laughs> what other 11-year-old is watching The Simpsons on a day? That's fantastic. Yeah, we're, we're parents of the year. Um, He might... He, he he. We might need to tape it because the term that I just used, green light go, red light stop. He might just say it. I'm not kidding. Like ten times in a row, and just run past the technology you have in place against such. Things. Fair enough, because now you've made me very concerned. So yeah, let's tape that bad boy. Yeah, he also is capable of of, of swearing. So we just like we, <laughs> I'm not sure it's a live radio kind of thing. All right, <laughs> just a little piece of paper. That was a better day. That was yesterday. Today I just spilled the coffee on my face. Yeah, not great. Not great. Yeah, that was uh, D's coffee burns <laughs> just all <laughs> over me. Um, you had a very interesting theory or, or, or question that I thought was really fascinating and a good one. Is this yours or did you see it on social media? No, this, s- is, this is just – I mean, look. I came up with this. I don't know that it's unique. I mean, uh, it doesn't – it wasn't brain surgery to come up with this. But when you have two – iconic college football head coaches leave the sport within two weeks of each other. Nick Saban, Jim Harbaugh. Yep. I think college football right now at the moment is faceless. Yeah, you wrote me. Who is the face? I love this. Did you text me last night? I think you did. Who is the face of college football? It's It's such a good question because Saban's the best coach of all time. Uh, Harbaugh is the reigning champion and really interesting. He's out. Ryan Day is under a lot of pressure. He's not him, but okay. Dabo's had a couple down seasons. Urban Meyer in dysfunction is chilling in some TV studio. I'm just saying, like, guys that have kind of defined these things for the last few years. So you, so my immediate answer to you, right, my sort of, like, knee-jerk Pavlovian, the doctor hits your knee and your knee moves without you wanting it to response, was the, was the player. That in the, the era of NIL... And and the ability to, to monetize whatever you want and the transfer portal, that it's the sort of idea of this empowered player. It's amazing to me how many guys, you know, like you're not supposed to talk politics with people and you're not supposed to talk religion with people, especially today. You know what a new thing, because I had beers with a bunch of dudes. I took last night off with a bunch of guys last night after we played some tennis. You know what another thing is you can't bring up because it's emotional is whether or not name, image, likeness, and the transfer portal are good or bad. Like, are, is it a good idea? People are re, um, are very emotional about it. But the reality is, for me, I think it's the, the player, right? The idea of the player empowerment. You pointed out Kirk Ferentz is the longest tenured coach at Iowa, 24 years, which you know I love because I'm, I'm, I'm an Iowa kid. Um, but his son is the poster child, the face of nepotism. So I'm not sure that works. 
Mike Gundy is still a man uh, all these years later. He's been – it's not him. Kyle Whittingham, no. I mean, just go – Dabble's on the list. He's the fourth most tenured person. Obviously, he's at Clemson. He's been there for 15 years. I I don't think there is. Kirby Smart would be interesting at, at Georgia, but I think he is – the thing about college football is there's there's the old ball coach sort of idea. And I'm not a big paternal guy. And I've written a lot about Paterno and my views that he betrayed everything that he supposedly represented. But from a football perspective, like like that guy is not around, right? That guy was – was when he was alive and coaching, was obviously a face of things for a very, 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 very long time. I don't think there is a face of college football anymore, or even a few that that, that, that stack up. Because, I mean, we just ran through, you know, some coaches that have been the face or could be the face, but you can't even look to a specific player. I mean, Bill, the last four Heisman Trophy winners are no longer playing the sport. You got Devontae Smith now in the NFL, Bryce Young obviously in the NFL, Caleb Williams just declared, and Jaden Daniels did the same thing. Yeah, and that's the other thing is because players can transfer so often, so easily, even if you're the face of a – if you have the chance to build yourself into the face of a team, which I think you have to do before you become a face of the sport, you just go somewhere else. And it's it's the familiarity of college football no longer exists. The idea that there's this sort of consistency and some constants on a four-year cycle, but still it's over. Now, please don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying that college football is going to go the way of college basketball when you had Coach K, Jay Wright, and a bunch of, you know, a bunch of elite coaches retire. Like, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. It's not going to become college basketball. It's not going to get to that level. No, it's not. Somebody will step up and become the face of college football. It will happen, just not next season. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's not going to be – it's not going to be – Two seasons. I, I think, I mean, Saban was at Alabama for a long time. And, it, you know, I would say it would, I'd have to go back and kind of remember. But two, five, six years to be to be the face of, of, of college football. You know? I mean, it's a, anyway, I love it as a thought experiment. And, and to your point, I guess let me close here, then I want to get to something else. But, like, to, to your point, it would have been hardball. He was about to round in it. All right, we got some, um, we got some breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> Cannot believe this is real life. Uh, Shams is reporting that Doc Rivers is signing a contract through the 2026-27 season worth in the range of $40 million to be the Bucks' next head coach. Now, Milwaukee, as Shams points out, is paying out former coaches Mike Budenholzer and Adrian Griffin and now Rivers for the next three and a half years. So if you ask yourself the question, why, if the speculation is true that Doc Rivers, who was hired to be uh, an advisor, and I have a little news. I, I wasn't. This is after the show, so I probably should get into this. Uh, who was supposedly, according to the Athletic, hired to be the the uh, the advisor to Adrian Griffin? Why would he? Why would he shove him in front of an oncoming bus? Is one of the theories. Why would he do? If that theory is correct, why would he do that? Well, forty million reasons. That's a lot of money. Um, I didn't want to open this, and so I'll hit it. I'll hit it later. <laughs> I'm an NBA insider in my day job, my night job, my other job, my side job. Side job, it's kind of disrespectful, and my other job that I love doing. And I did talk to some sources in and around the, the Bucks organization. I'm not saying that I believe this or that I buy it, but this is what they're selling. They claim that there was never a formal advisory agreement with Doc Rivers, that there was a single meeting, that's it, between Doc Rivers, the now-fired Adrian Griffin, and the general manager, John Horst, and that that meeting 
I'm told, took place in Vegas just dur- during but before the actual competition of the in-season tournament. And that they used a different term. Let me go find my notes. They lost, They say that Adrian Griffin lost the locker room, but the term they use is uh, is uh, the team dynamic changed toward Griffin. He lost. He lost the, the stars. I people operate in good faith. I believe that's not true. I like the people I talk to as sources on a regular basis. It's I'm in a weird position to not believe my own reporting, but I mean the reporting's true. I just don't. To me, it's probably semantics. Like, obviously, Doc Rivers had a meeting, at a minimum, with Adrian Griffin and John Horst in the capacity of helping, whether it's an informal meeting or he's paid or he's an advisory, whatever. And now he has $40 million more coming to his bank account, and that and Adrian Griffin doesn't have a job. It still leaves – it's in bad taste for me. Like, put the basketball aside. I got a note from my cousin uh, last night, uh, Zach. Was it Zach or Jake? And they're brothers, and they're both awesome. And they're all, they're, they're and by the way, they're Stephanie's brothers. So you know, team Wisconsin writers, and just said, I hope you're wrong on Doc. They're Bucks fans, and I'm worried that you're not. And the thing is, I'm not wrong on Doc, but that doesn't mean that this team can't overcome it, or he can't. Doc Rivers change whatever has been a glaring inability to win in the postseason. That's that's the cool thing about sports. But I'm also skeptical that things are going to change. It isn't forty million dollars. For a guy that has not made a conference finals with in ten consecutive seasons of the championship contenders, and I forgot this is on your list. This guy coached Kawhi and Paul George. All right, all right. Let's um the Eagles. This is amazing. So so Nick Sirianni met with the media, and, and it was awkward and painful to listen to, and it's pretty easy to make fun of, and we are going to do that because it makes me laugh, and I hope it'll make you laugh. But I also have a theory. I think Tom is a different one. I have a theory on what went wrong with Philadelphia, which I want to share with you after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Peter Schwartz. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Writer Than You. You know how there are warnings on labels? This may cause dizziness. Do not take on an empty stomach. They have those commercials for various medications on TV with old people running on the beach, and then there's a list of 81 things that could happen, and you just think, I'll just deal with the balding, I, right? <laughs> I think I'll be okay. Yeah, I don't I don't need to. Yeah, it's cool. I can't even say some of the things that are, how do they sell those on television? I have to cover my kids' ears. On CBS Sports Radio. Obviously not my son's, though. Welcome into the show. Bill Ryder with you. Uh, stream the NFL on Westwood One for free, sponsored by AutoZone all season long. 
You can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone. AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone restrictions apply. Hi, Tom. Hey there, Bill. What's up, pal? I'm doing great. Yourself? Do you have a new TV show now that Reacher has uh, jumped out that uh, helicopter in the sky? Uh, you're going to make fun of me. Yes. Well, I've already told you we are watching Yellowstone. We just finished season one. It's a really good show. And we got back into our show finally because of the writer's strike. It finally came back. You're going to make fun of me. Uh, we enjoy, we being my wife and I, Chicago PD. Oh, my God. Yep, that went like I thought. Why not? Why not Tucson PD? Why not Milwaukee PD? Why not Des Moines PD? Why not Little Rock PD? Why not Miami PD? I'm not sure, but we like the characters. We like the storyline. Yeah. Um, It's only come back for one episode, and we could tell the writing is a little different. So I think there's new writing, new writers on the show since the strike. Oh, you're real invested. So, so this is the, where they have Chicago Fire. Oh, yep, yep, yep. They have yep, Chicago yep. Ambulance. Yeah. They have sh- Chicago Dog Catcher. Chicago uh, Med. Chicago Med, right? Chicago f- Restaurant Inspectors, a really crazy one. All of them. E. coli. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. And then they go to commercial. Yep, those. Okay. Yes. Okay. Oh, Chicago Traffic Cop. <laughs> the meter is expired. You're expired. See, I could write for the show. <laughs> I knew this was going to go this way. Just then, like the latest one is just Chicago, and it's just people chilling <laughs> in Chicago living. Want to get a pizza? Sure. <sighs> <laughs> Great stuff. Great I'm not stuff. even going to try to defend it. Do you know what's on fire in Philadelphia? The Eagles. You can't defend it. Uh, the Eagles started the season 10 and 1, and then. The wheels fell off, like might happen if you're watching an episode of, of Chicago PD and something goes bad. They got to respond, right? Kind of a similar kind of, oh, no, it's the Eagles. Send the characters, right? That kind of a, I did make that kind of a, that kind of a, a, a situation. They just, it, it just went bad. Now, remember, and I'm going to give you a theory after we listen to some of this sound. Last year, that organization, Nick Sirianni, lost two coordinators, the two primary coordinators off of his staff. OC Shane Steichen went to the Colts to be the head coach, and the defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, went to the Cardinals to be the head coach. Now, neither of those organizations are really in a place where it's easy to assess how things are going. Although the Colts, remember, had a pretty good start. Quarterback got injured. Looked like Steichen excuse me, was going to do a good job. Kind of hard to assess Gannon, although when Kyler Murray came back, the Cardinals looked good. The Eagles had made the Super Bowl, had almost beaten the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. You're going to lose your coordinators when, when, when that happens. And then new coordinators came in. They've both been fired. It didn't go well. You had Jalen Hurts talking in very sort of in very nebulous ways about things are going on behind the scenes you don't understand. There was some reporting that there was some some tension, some friction, some discord, may, maybe even like a, a, a toxic environment. All of that comes now to the fact that they've got to hire new coordinators. And I think good news, we'll see if it's good news if it's really good news for Sirianni in terms of job security, Vic Fangio, in a shocker, left the Dolphins, mutual agreement. Sounds like he just wanted to go to the Eagles. He is now going to be the Eagles defensive coordinator, which, side note, he had had a lot of experience uh, with the Niners under Harbaugh. And so there was some speculation like, oh, maybe he'll actually just go and be the Chargers defensive coordinator. Nope, he's going to the Eagles. And they obviously have to bring in an offensive coordinator as well. Okay, so that's the context. 
when Sirianni met with the media and there was an exchange that was basically, it's a good job by this journalist, a grilling of what exactly Steichen's role is going to be. The offensive coordinator is going to be in charge of the offense and the defensive coordinator is going to be in charge of the defense. What is your role going to be? The head coach of the football team. What does that entail? How how does it change? Yeah, um, I guess... What you know, it'd be this very similar to what's going on right now. Um, you know, if that mean I'll sit more into defensive meetings at times, maybe right instead of always being in an offensive meeting, maybe I go to a defensive meeting here and there. Um, but my job is to be the head coach of the team, not the head coach of the offense, not the head coach of the defense, not the head coach of the special teams, but be the be the head coach of the football team. So you're saying that you're going to be the head coach of the team. It's just a bizarre, weird response to what should be an obvious question. And um, and it's very rare that, that a, a collective body unify in a single voice. It's sort of a – just the physics of it are hard. But the entire NFL media, like every member of the NFL media, uh, combined to ask a follow-up question. What would you say you do here? I work with the bleeping coordinators. <laughs> that's an office space drop from – that's like 25 years ago. Maybe more. Yeah, I think that's late a, late nineties. That is old school. Yeah. I mean, wow. that's pretty much what they asked of him. It's not great. And it, it, throughout the course of the press conference, there were he, he was talking and dancing around the idea, and, it, and he brings it up right. The word culture and got the culture. He clearly had a come to Jesus conversation with the people above him. That was in, in effect. You got to get your arms around this team and what's going wrong. Now, now let me give you a theory. I don't know if it's true. I don't have any proof. I'm just from the outside looking in. I don't even know who to blame. But my theory based on the Jalen Hurts comments, that press conference, the fact they fire the coordinators, and I know coaches fire coordinators all the time in order to, like, save themselves, right? It's called the Doc Rivers move. Um, Just throw somebody else under the bus. My theory is that Sirianni hired two coordinators he didn't get along with. This happens. And remember, go back to, to hard knocks back when Todd Haley was the offensive coordinator it was just an awkward series of interactions between him and the head coach. because And if you have a situation where you have a personality conflict, and we see this all the time, we see it with the Giants, see it with other teams, and you have a head coach who has coordinators he doesn't get along with. They're not on the same page. They don't like each other. They're, not, they're, not, they're, not, they're just not in a rhythm and a vibe together. It can impact the entire football team. And the fact that he's going to be in multiple meetings and on both sides, to me, sounds like he is telegraphing to his bosses I will do a better job being around. I will take more accountability. I'm responsible for whatever happens with my offensive and defensive units, regardless of who we hire. I think this is a – I think that obviously the winning, Tom, for Sirianni is going to be really important to his survival. That, that'll that be the main thing. Remember, the guy went 9-8, and eight, then 14-3, and three, and then 11-6 and six this year. He's had success, even if they fell off a cliff this year. But I also think that there's going to be assessments internally about his ability to have the right – sense of leadership and to have the coordinators all be on the same page. And the thing about Vic Fangio is, yes, he was a head coach for a ill-fated spell in, in Denver, but he is a lifelong defensive coordinator, highly respected, who has never had a reputation for trying to, like, I, it feels like Fangio understands this is his role now in the NFL. And you want to bring in someone who's going to be really successful and if you're a little insecure or worried about your position, also someone who's not angling to take your job. Doesn't mean Fangio's not, but I think this is a pretty good hire in the sense of, it, from everything you hear, Fangio is a good deputy, is respectful, is professional. And you need that because it sounds like Sirianni, my theory, did not have that, whoever was to blame this last year in Philly. 
I'm totally with you on Vic Fangio. I'm surprised it didn't go better in Miami for him. I'm a big Fangio fan as a defensive coordinator. Like, he is the guy. Back to Sirianni. Yesterday, Bill felt like an opportunity for him to tell the media in Philadelphia, here's what I do well. Here's why I have saved my job. And he couldn't do it. I think it's fair. I don't think I don't know that it's right. I think it's fair at this point to question that that team got to the Super Bowl last year because of how well Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon were at their jobs of OC and DC. I mean, look, Sirianni hired those guys, and so you, uh, yes, I completely hear you. You get the credit for at least a, for me at least a while because you are. You're a CEO as much as you are a hands-on, especially most of these coaches. Like, like is Andy Reid also going to be the instrumental decision maker in the final say of the scheme offensively? Yeah, it's part of the reason that his coordinator a year ago left because that guy couldn't get a job somewhere else. But as a head coach, but you're right. Maybe he maybe he hired the right people and they lifted him way 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 up. They also, by the way, but going back to my theory, they also went ten and one to start the season. With those coordinators. So for me, it's a culture thing. It's not like they came out of the gate at 2-6, and six, you know? They were amazing. But you know how this works. It doesn't matter how good you are, how talented. If people don't like each other at work, and this is true in anything, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's why it's really important that Pretty Daddy looks up to me the way that he does. Makes the show go. Love you too, big guy. Uh, let's talk to Ross Tucker next year on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.